Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? No ad for this uh, for this wonderful episode with the hilarious and delightful Mike O'Connell, but a bunch of new stand-up uh, tour dates uh, that are all on PeteHolmes.com, so I'll keep this brief just to the cities. First up, this Saturday, I will be uh, the final booked appearance with Rob Bell for the Together at Last tour. We're trying to do more dates, uh, and we will, for sure, uh, but right now this is the last one, and it's in Boston. It's on the uh, 23rd of this month at the Wilbur Theater. Uh, this is the last one of it. It's going to be great. It's uh, awesome to do that in my hometown. Please come out. So many people <laughs> from my family are going to be there, and I, I need someone to laugh when I say motherfucker over their gasps. <laughs> so please come and support. That'll be fun. Uh, then we have a bunch of uh, new tour dates. These are all just stand-up dates. West Palm Beach, Florida, followed by a live You Made It Weird in San Diego, California, followed by Montreal, going back to Montreal for a live podcast as well as some stand-up shows, and then Houston, Texas, uh, for one night in September. So go to PeteHolmes.com if any of those sound good. I'm also going to be uploading some new shirts. These are just personal shirts that I had designed because I love them. Uh, one is a reference to the movie Fantastic Mr. Fox, and one is a reference to the movie uh, The Truman Show. And I was like, why not, why not just put these out there? Not, not necessarily uh, to turn a profit, but there's an easy way that I can upload the art and have people buy them, and uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's what they call a win-win. <laughs> what? Oh, God, the intro is so good. I was, I was going to... I can't re-record it. I've gone too far. I've gone too far. What I'm saying is if, if you want to see these two shirts that I'm uh, uploading, and also uh, some of the old shirts like PD is My Homeboy and Piano Quiche, stuff like that, also go to PeteHolmes.com. All right, everybody, enjoy Mike O'Connell. And, uh, yeah, get into it, as, as, as I say. As I say. Hi, Mike. Sorry about my lateness. No, you just seem like a real flaky guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Three minutes, dog. It's, it's the latest I've been you for mind? a while. Oh, whatever you need. I brought my guitar, because I have some sad songs. How are Do you, you, dog? You have sad songs? I have sad songs. An album of sad songs. Do you really? Unless you don't. I know some people don't do music shadows, so... However you want to do it. <laughs> some people do music demons, but they, they <laughs> won't people, do right? music some refuse. shadows. Some refuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were a music man. I, I, I've seen your funny, like, what's it going to be? Yeah. Funny, That's funny. Usually funny uh, stuff, but now sad stuff. Sad stuff. Um, this is the annoying question, but, I mean, you've gotten it as a comedian for many, many years. So here you're getting it as a, as a musician as well. What kind of music? What it, What is it? You're saying sad, like sea change sad? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, it's guitar Elliot based. Smith Elliot sad? Elliot Smith. Um, On a scale from Elliot Smith to sea change, I, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, more sea change. Yeah, you know, less. It's, it's not as, uh, it's, it, there's some positivity there, you know. Oh, is there? Yeah. So there's a little bit of redemption. Oh, there's redemption. It's about lost love and. Uh, Unrequited. And, and lost. Oh, had for a moment. And then what happened? Requited. I just, and then robbed. 
It um, was oh, <laughs> that's what happened to me. Really? She cheated? No, 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 no. Oh, well, just like didn't want. Imagine me. the album you would have wrote if she I fucked know. a small Italian man. This is that's <laughs> mine. I should write an album. <laughs> you know what? I know an E minor. Yeah, I know an. I can all that. My whole album is just one long E minor with a bunch of complaints over it. I wonder how how many songs you could write that were just E minor. I mean, you know, like go on forever. I just watched that uh, Kurt Cobain documentary. How was it? I liked it a lot. It was it was so personal. It was almost like, is this okay? Is this okay? You know what I mean? <laughs> his daughter is the his daughter is, is part of it, right? It, she produced it, I think, uh, and that's very clear because you see so much footage. But anyway, there's uh, there's that uh, there's a Nirvana song that's just E to G over and over. Yeah, and there's a part where he explains that to the crowd, which I think was very very funny and very apropos of the time to just be like. Look at what you're cheering. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like these things back and forth. It is not very complicated. Some of it is. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean to police your comment. I should have oh, just laughed. But... No, 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 no. You needn't laugh when you uh, <laughs> feel not the urge. There's, <laughs> there's just some Nirvana songs that I'm like, come on, you guys knew what you were doing. Yeah. You, oh, you, I you were like good. when they first came out, I remember everyone's like, they're just, they're, you know, they killed the guitar solo. So right. For me at that time, it was a big deal because I was like, I like when people shred, and they're like, we don't shred anymore. It's no longer cool to shred. That's right. Did you watch that Metallica rockumentary? <laughs> I have not seen that Some one. kind of monster? It's okay. It's mm. not like fantastic. It's worth seeing. But it has, uh, it, uh, what is the guitarist's name? The, the lead guitarist. Oh, no. Uh, the like, guy who would yeah, be doing I, solos. I know. I we, forgot Kirk. his name. Kirk. Hammond. Kirk Hammond. For all the people that were just screaming <laughs> at their, I want to say radios, uh, people screaming at their radios and just changing the dial. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he he says this very interesting point where he goes like, uh, uh, Hetfield and the rest of the band are kind of like, we don't want to do solos. Solos will date the album, and then he mm. goes. But if we don't do solos, they'll also date the album to this time where yeah. people aren't doing solos. Which you is what, uh, probably right around when they cut their hair. It is right yeah. around when they cut their hair. <laughs> was, was, I, was, I was like, well, well, well. I, this is a big moment in uh, rock and roll history. Yeah. It took where a, like a Caesar cut is now like the go-to shadow. Right, right, right. <laughs> the go-to shadow. <laughs> that made me nervous when that happened. Even though I could never went for the hair thing. You know, it was that was a little much for me. I remember being more concerned than I should have been for Metallica's haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because well, he, that was, I think, when, you're, uh, when you have youthful uh, vigor, yep. you only... You think of so strongly about such foolhardy things, like yep. Metallica. Yeah, that's right. That's your four, thing. Four dudes' hair that or, just like have no effect on your or life. Kurt Cobain's suicide. Obviously, that's a bigger thing. Yeah. But I remember that being like a huge story because it was a heartbreaking. Thing it is very him. heartbreaking. I'm not saying it's not, but especially when you know I was probably 15, 14, 15 yeah. years old. Then you're just like, oh, I have a completely open docket. <laughs> I have like got to wake up on Sundays. That stinks. And Kurt Cobain <laughs> took his life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I was ready to take. And on he was the grief. doing okay. Kurti B? I mean, he was, you Kobe? know, like you, in your, to a 15-year-old, you're like, we thought man, was, that guy's like on top of the world there. We thought he was doing great. Obviously, that's never, you watch a lot of the music mentries. I do love a good Rocky Mensch. A Mensch. I'm a, I, the <laughs> Jewish people call me a Rocky Mensch. <laughs> a Mentry. I just think, I think it's funny to blend uh, drive. I kind of do that on this podcast. Like, you'll take somebody, Berbiglia is always my example, just because he's, he's a good friend of mine and he's so sweet. But I'm like, behind the sweetness, there has to be somebody that's kind of like, I have to hit this market or whatever mm -hmm. it is. I don't even, I, I'm not even sure what the strategies are of different people. But then you watch like the Tom Petty documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's called Running Down a Dream. 
very good. Uh, you see that, yeah, they're stoners and and their dads hate them and stuff, and <laughs> they just want to rock in a swamp in Florida. Naturally, but then you also see there's always a move. There's always some guy being like, "And I walked right into Capitol Records." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's always a thing. I find that so yeah. interesting. Where lot- there do you have a like a, a decisive moment where? And even though if it's like a mildly dramatized, I just don't know what you, what would you point to in your life. In my life, like, you're like, God damn it, I'm going to Toledo and yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, no, you know what I mean? Like, no, I what know is, exactly what, what you is mean. the because uh, I you do. What was see, it for you? Do you? I'm sure I mean, you, I guess it's going to L.A. I mean, yeah, it like, always seems like it's such a romantic big idea. But then, where from? Where were you coming from? I drove out from Chicago. Is that right? Yeah, I grew up in Chicago. I didn't know that because yeah. the first time I saw you was at the Elevated. Oh, do you wow, remember the yes, Elevated? Naturally, that's where I began my uh, my comedic toil. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, not. Started I started. I actually started in, soil. in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Turning started over. digging for jokes. <laughs> uh, no, it was. Um, I started in New Orleans in college, but then I moved back after college. Uh, I just was doing that and uh, hanging out there. Yeah, I like. And that. And then we missed each other. I, you were there for many years. I, I was there from 2001 to 2004. Okay. So, yeah. And we, uh, yeah, I was out here during that time. Is that so we right? We missed each other, and you did like the Lincoln Lodge and all that. I right? did. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I only did the Lincoln Lodge a handful of times. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm always quick to point that out. I'm always like, because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they were like the Lodge boys, and I, I oh, never okay. felt yeah, like I was one of those yes. guys. I was, I was definitely an elevated guy. Kane okay. Collier running the elevated, and, and you went up. And it was a very small room. It's what I would uh, imagine if you were playing a game like King's Quest, one of those third person, you're moving the guy with the arrow, mm-hmm. and you go to a comedy club, it would look like the elevated. It, w- it was in a place called Cherry Red. Yes. And it was red, and there was a bar. It looked like a Dick Tracy like Yeah, no, and then it also, just the corner of little stage. And, and it was, was beautiful. Very, it was a lovely place to it go. It was lovely. Yeah. Great, but, great uh, environment to start. I mean, just like the support of Kane and everything. Yeah. It was like... And there's so many varied types of humans, you know, different comedians just doing oh, their thing. I've always enjoyed that. I agree with that for sure. And then there's also a huge diversity, I think, in the crowds. You just don't see – maybe – you know, you see that everywhere maybe. But there's a certain feel to a Chicago crowd. I yeah. Like. I don't know what, I, what it is. Exactly. But I saw you go up in this really small place – and you did like a like a real show. This is not me backhandedly saying like it was awkward how much you committed. <laughs> you did it. It was great. We were all like super obsessed with you and and you uh you played songs and you wore a unitard and yes. we could all see your balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Oh yes. And- <laughs> those were the days. Can't see them much anymore. <laughs> but it was so it was it was commitment. It yes. was extreme commitment. So there you are. I'm going to – don't forget – I won't forget to ask you about what happened to your love. But you're on stage and, and when you're cultivating an act like that, which reminds me not at all but also at the same time very much so. Somebody like Eddie Izzard, meaning it's, you have to commit. He's telling mm-hmm. this like 20-minute story. Yeah. And you're like, where does a guy like this get the, get the groundwork for mm-hmm. an act like this? Because you're going up and you're banging out songs – and uh, it, it had a real theatricality and showmanship to it. Mm-hmm. How does that start? You go to your first um, open mic and you just tell some jokes? Uh, I did it. I was more a theater-based guy. So oh, really? In college and high school, I loved theater stuff. So it was like you can't, you know, it's such an ordeal to put on a play, but stand-up seemed like a small play with one person. A one-man? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and I always thought that there were, you know, there aren't really any rules to stand-up, I don't think. So it was like something let not like improv where there are very specific rules there's like right stand-up's just like a 
an open because you can sabotage book. yourself. You can, yeah, yeah. exactly, and that's yeah. okay. No, that is good. And <laughs> you also like you can't do. You can just do whatever you feel like, which is like a joke or a song or a poem or whatever it is. Yep. I, I think, uh, and. And especially if you don't mind being judged by the other comics, right? Did that happen a lot? <laughs> I mean, just kind of the- I just not. I, it wasn't like they would be like, "What an asshole!" But you know, sometimes people didn't appreciate guitar stuff, and people didn't appreciate. I think it was like if you go up after a guitar act, act. or something, it's just louder. And right. So I think it kind of it, there's something there's an energy to it that changes the room a little bit you so always want the uh, music guy to go last typically. yeah generally they do that because uh, it's and it's smart because it's just a different energy different thing it's like a, i've i've often gone up after you know like a juggler or something who yeah. just like slays so hard and you're right. like god damn juggler he's <laughs> <laughs> like you're so you're so good at your juggling and now i gotta go fucking clean up your juggling mess <laughs> you know and but everybody loves this juggler there literally so. are those like not that sharp knives on the stage yeah. i gotta clean this shit up <laughs> Those don't look that sharp. They I always know. cut something, but I'm and, like, and then they don't I, look you're very just sharp. like, uh, wow, this is this energy is hard to yeah. go up with words and but just the, myself. The know. thing that I hate about music comedy is not what you do, and I'm not just saying this to butter your bread. I'm, I'm saying this because there's always a different way to go at it. Yeah, and when I th- when I hear a song like Asian Baby, that's like a really really funny song. Is that the title of the song? Oh, that is it. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you you called it like it's in, like in parentheses. I want to. Yeah. Oh no. no. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was something more like Act Three yeah. interrogation. <laughs> like something really absurd. <laughs> no, not connected. It sounds like uh, a Dan Cook album title. Like, <laughs> interrogation. Interrogation. I'm of retaliation. But anyway, <laughs> you would go up and and instead of what a lot of these guys would do. And I don't mind shitting on bad guitar comedy, just like I don't mind shitting on bad comedy. Anyway, I understand that that's part of coming up, yeah. but, uh, and you, you shouldn't be too hard on yourselves. But a lot of the stuff that I saw was you know, people um, you know, betraying the form. So a stand-up goes up and he creates a form with the audience on his own, and then a guitar comic goes up with the safety net of, of a guitar yeah. and then plays a song, which has its own form. Mm-hmm. It has a rhythm, yes. it has a cadence, it has a, it has a tonality. All the stuff that a stand-up is supposed to manufacture on his own. Mm-hmm. So you're doing it with an instrument, because like we were joking, you play an E minor, suddenly it does feel a little bit you know, scarier. Yeah, you're and a little bit more grave. morose. Yeah. I, you just did that. Ooh, okay, so that, that seems like a cheat. But whatever. Then the songs would be like, you know, some sort of betrayal, where it's like, you're singing a love song, and then at the end you're like, but your pussy smells <laughs> like garbage. And you're like, but I thought it was a love song. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't like it, and you don't like that turn. <laughs> You're like betrayal. It's more. Yeah. <laughs> you, you took me. You took me this way. <laughs> so you like a verbal misdirection, but a musical misdirection, and not so much. Yeah, maybe I'm no. full of shit, but like, oh there, no, no, there was... I know what you mean, though. I because there but is. But as a... you, even as you're kidding, I'm kind of like, yeah, it is kind of stupid. I, I'm still <laughs> no, holding yeah. on to some of that stand-up comedian uh, preference to be like this cheater. When really, who true. cares? But like. It just became so obvious. I was like, "Are you gonna? Is your next song about how much you love the weed?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is. I think that you can get stuck in. Well, I think that even just if you're not doing comedy music, just in music, like think about the uh, subjects of songs. Yeah, there's probably seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, like, uh, if you're doing music comedy, that is reduced by probably three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're generally talking about pussy or love or something. Really, you know, you're like, uh, and I resent how effective it is. Yeah, (laughs) I really do. Actually, one time <laughs> I, when I first moved out here to LA, I was like at Farfalla or something, you know, on La Brea, and 
I did a show and I did really well. And then I was at near, you know, at the back of the bar, and there's just a guy, eh, fucking asshole, killed. You know, like you're yeah. mad because you did so well, and yeah. I, I get that because you're like not and it, not like I'm bragging and I'm not bragging at all. Because no, no, like, it doesn't sound like you're bragging. Why would you? It why would like you brag about killing? You know what I mean? It's someone like, being mad at you for killing. Yeah, it was just an interesting thing because I was like, oh, you want? I want to. I just moved out here. I want to be a part of like the group of comedians, and then yeah. you feel like, oh shit, uh, I just got, I just got set a, set apart. So where to where I just like might not you know like you don't right. fit in as well right because you're like a little and that's not I'm not saying like oh I killed too hard I have no friends no <laughs> no 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 it, it is sound like, like that it is an interesting, interesting pop up though it is <laughs> <laughs> it is just nobody thought you were being arrogant yeah but it's just very funny when you're like ah oh, we're all playing yeah such a, we're all doing such an absurd ridiculous thing right and we're all such unique we're all struggling to show our most unique right. uh, version of ourselves so like. God bless you for being as unique as you, and God right. bless me for trying. Right, and God right, bless right. us all, one it's and all. It's like the way that Chris Rock talks about in Boston, white people are racist to other white people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just, just like be white people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know you shouldn't be racist to anybody, but it's like you're a comedian, and then the comedians are turning on themselves. Yeah, yeah. And hating where, other I always said that was the group of people where you're like, I, I understand you the most because you did decide you did not go down the uh that the path of like subnormal or sub that's right mild normalcy <laughs> but i i think what's different about you and again just to give us some context is i i see these uh god i really do hate some of them bar acts <laughs> guys that would destroy in places where comedy doesn't belong yeah and actually i feel like the appropriate response is for comedy to, to die there mm. and instead <laughs> some guy comes up and bangs out a song that he can belt, therefore. Because, you know, when you do musical com- uh, improv, it forces you to commit. Yeah, You yeah. can't kind of be like, I got a haircut today. You, got, you really got a, I got a haircut. It won't work. So yeah. you learn all this theatricality. Mm-hmm. Everything we're doing is a trick to a certain extent. But then you learn this, like, really good trick that only the ones with the guitars can use. Yeah. But then here's what you do different is, in between the acts, you are always doing this sort of uh, ego-driven maniac. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if that's changed, but that's yeah. what I oh, remember no, that's, seeing. That's generally what I do. Meaning the in-between <laughs> stuff was a man playing guitar with his face. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Meaning like even though you weren't yeah. playing a song, you were doing this really theatrical thing. Yeah. I've always been ama- uh, impressed by the, you know, stand-up comedy takes such confidence and just being overly confident has always yeah. been so funny to me. Even because it's not how I am, like, yeah. a, you know, socially or anything like that. You're always just like, well, this is my chance to be o- the overly confident asshole and Isn't get laughed funny? at as opposed to being, like, just an overconfident asshole right. in conversation. Who just is an overconfident <laughs> yeah. asshole. I, no I, actually, which means I'm obviously jealous of the overconfident asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish I had... Buddy, ways. I'm a very uh, com- certain person. I'm a very confident person. But then, like, I also, in a day, like, when? When, Mike? When? You know what I mean? When, yeah. Like, I can kind of manufacture it for this podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I can yeah. be gregarious and I can be interested and hopefully mildly interesting. But then, like, you should have seen me when I woke up. You wake up and you're just kind of like, eh. <laughs> or you should have seen me that audition I had two days ago yeah. with friends. They yeah. were my friends. <laughs> and I went in and, and it I, was shameful. And it was, it was <laughs> shameful. I almost wanted to text them, like, sorry about that. Yeah. Because they gave me a direction and then I just did it exactly the same again. That's and I was just like, whoops. <laughs> and the character was very confident. Uh, that was the part I was supposed to be playing. And I was like, what an interesting thing. If I had been feeling more confident, I would have maybe would have gotten, gotten the, part, the part. Which is so funny. But I, I mean. wasn't. 
Everyone's just pretending to be confident, I think. is there, And some people are better at the, That's right. at the facade. And some people <laughs> are pretending to be... We're we're all pretending to be whatever it is we are. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there is no that's right actual thing. Yeah. But there, you know, it's easier for some people to like put on that kind of armor and just be like, I'm a confident guy. And, yeah, yeah. But you know, even the most authentically confident person is still squashing the urge to be like, I just want to eat noodles. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> I fuck agree. all this. Yeah, I don't need it. It's a battle between those two things in everyone's head. You're Constantly. Right. Yeah. I just want to eat noodles. I just want to eat noodles. I like this. I like this version of you. It's just a a very lazy noodle-based guy. (laughs) It's mostly noodles. He's just mostly just longs for noodles. But I mean, like, for (laughs) every time I go out and have, like, an amazing show, and maybe there's someone in the audience that really is kind of like, that guy's the man. Uh, Like, a couple hours earlier, I was probably, like, jerking off or, like, taking the third nap of the day, eating noodles, or just kind of, like, toying with the idea of – I think alcohol is interesting. I I typically don't ever drink before a show. But it's this tempting liquid that you're, like, the sabotage liquid where you're, like, I could drink this and literally make the show – And be a different human during that. Worse. Or any any drug or any substance where you're, like, I could – Sabotage it, or I would say high it. amounts of salt will do it. <laughs> I've had terrible bombs on salt. Yeah. I really have. I have a superstition. They're like, about he's actually he's so sharp tonight. <laughs> what do you think it is? Low sodium. <laughs> <laughs> but you, uh, you actually have that great line that I want to. It's not morning radio, but if you don't mind, do you remember you have that line about like uh, I'm twice as intelligent as the average man. The drinking one? Oh, uh, it's so. Funny. Oh, it's from my. Yeah, I did a movie a long time ago, The Living Wake, and it's. Uh, I drink to bring myself down to the level of the common man, but remember, the common man drinks, so I must drink twice as much. That's so. For funny. I'm a big advocate of an even playing field. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> really funny. Yeah, that's. Uh, which I think is, you know, if you're mildly intelligent, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But obviously the character was quite cocksure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very... But you would say that on stage. Oh, yes. That was was the thing I said on stage. I say... I I put a lot of the things I said on stage into this character. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know about the movie until I Googled you today, so forgive me. No, don't worry. I'm really morning radioing you and being like, I am aware of that movie, but I don't know much about it. This is... You you keep saying this isn't morning radio, but you keep morning radioing me. (laughs) And then I hit a button and, and the toilet, toilet like, flushes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Katie with the weather, Katie. Yeah. Oh, I prefer a morning zoo, dog. <laughs> I prefer a morning zoo. So <laughs> don't get it mixed up. Uh, what what were, were you about to say? Oh, uh, uh, the movie. The movie. Oh no, no, we don't have to talk about the movie. I was oh. just that. I was just saying that the, he does say that. In the uh, movie. That's, why I, that's how I remember it. And like, I, I used to say it on stage. Yes. You also <laughs> just reminded me with your voice that you're. The, aren't you the voice of the haunted mansion? Is <laughs> no, that true? No, that's not true. That's a I think rumor. When I did your, when I did your, is that uh, a rumor? Somebody th- thought that I was with well, the last time I did your uh, the thing in Denver. I well, that's where I saw yeah. it. Yeah. It's not true. I wish uh, that was the case. I every would, time I, I go on that yeah. ride, which is every other weekend, <laughs> I say to uh, Valerie, I'm like, that's my friend Mike. Yeah. That's Mike. It sounds like you. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a goal of mine to be that guy. <laughs> that guy's got to die. You know? <laughs> Even though he probably recorded it in 1952. <laughs> oh, he's one of the ghosts. Yeah. He's definitely dead. <laughs> it's no longer. He's just not standing there with his little microphone in Right, right. Uh, and it's got a skull on the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, it, what, what is – so you talk about – 
booze and stuff. I'm interested in talking about booze. Yes. What is your relationship with booze? Oh, it's a fickle relationship. Fickle? Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not so fun. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I know what that means, but yeah. what does that mean for you? Uh, for me, I enjoy a beverage. I enjoy the, <laughs> I enjoy um, carousing. It makes you social. I uh, it doesn't. It makes me absurd and just uh, forget about the uh, the rules of. Of normal conversation. Yes, like I think that's interesting, man. I think I see that in you. You're 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 like there's no rules to stand up, and there's also no rules to reality. I think that there that's, are some. I mean, science, there are, there, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> signs, science. Oh, I mean, like you can't. I thought, can I thought there are signs that have rules. That uh, sometimes you should not do things. That's true. Yeah, I think that's true. But I mean, it'd be the you could. I think that language is, yeah, it's, it's, you can really just say whatever you want if you want. But we've talked about that. Yeah, That's where exactly. shadows and demons, yeah. which I think is very funny. Just keep that up. It's like you can really, why not bend, why not bend the rules a little bit on half a, I mean, it just, it's just having fun with right. the, the basis. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it seems like a more interesting, you know, I, I dated a girl that used to like to ask, uh, lavicious, what is that word? Lascivious. Lascivious. What does that mean? That uh, is that like overly sexual? Yeah, yeah it's like she sexual. would ask lascivious questions okay. at parties. That's not what you're doing. You're trying to tilt. We're all in a picture frame, and you're trying to tilt. Oh, a she little would be bit. sexually boastful and like be like. She would ask like, mm, "Do you fucking swallow or <laughs> some <laughs> shit? Like just like some random, <laughs> yeah. like for and everybody's like, oh god, uh, uh, you know, it's, check please.' Uh, <laughs> I, I, in, I, in her mind, that's what should happen. But most what, people were kind of like. Yeah, I swallow. We've been dating a long time. I, that's <laughs> so funny. Like, I love that when somebody like br- steps up with something yeah, and then yeah, somebody's yeah. like, yeah, that's just, I don't, you're not, it's not working on me. Because like, <laughs> there's a difference between be, trying to be shocking or just trying that's to what be I'm saying. silly. And- but you're being silly. You're, you're talking about, I've heard you say, absurd a couple times, which yeah. I'm all about. I think it's, it's an interesting fun. challenge to uh, reality. Yeah. And some people are pretty stuck in it, so why not? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's, uh, you know, I'm listening to these lectures by Ram Dass, and they're so interesting. It's called Experiments in Truth. I can't, uh, probably can't get him on the podcast, but listen to that. It's the best thing in the mm-hmm. world. And he just talks about how up to our eyeballs we are in all of it, mm-hmm. just meaning this reality that we've agreed upon. What does that mean? Just the, like, hello, how are you? Yeah, even- oh, how dare you? <laughs> she left me. She's mine. That's my baby. Yeah. I like meatloaf. Just, like, all these ego things. Yeah. That we all take so seriously. And when someone comes up with a libation and goes like demons, it does kind <laughs> of go like, oh, that guy, I don't mean to pull back the curtain. I'm not trying to ruin the fun. I, I'm just saying, like, you seem to be a guy that's like, fuck it, man, stop. Yeah. Or just have fun. I don't know why you're not. Uh, you could use every interaction with another person to, like, kind of forget yourself for a second. Yeah. And be like, oh, well, you know, I think that a lot of comedians have the urge to make other people laugh, maybe, I, for whatever reason they have, but I always, uh, every conversation is kind of an opportunity to let the other person have fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not, like, be all hammy and no, I but get just that. like a verbal uh, sparring match with everybody, you know? right? <laughs> Why not? And not by just being like, "Do you fucking swallow?" <laughs> but just like, I kind of might just start using that. Uh, so do you swallow? Because <laughs> <laughs> you could take oh, it several that ways. <laughs> yeah, that old timey guy is always asking the dirtiest questions. Um, but where does that come from? Did you grow up rigidly? Mm, rigidly. I think uh, I grew up. Uh, you come across as a minister's son. Oh, really? Yeah, Thank you, you do. <laughs> I would cast you as a as a. I was taught to be very polite, and I I think that that was wise of my parents. You yeah, know, like I I to be uh, 
I was just thinking about this shirt that I'm wearing, and it's kind of pressed. I have to go somewhere later. Yeah. It's like, I just remember my parents being so worried about how I was dressed. and like, Really? Uh, you know, you always have to look good, because it, it felt like everybody was judging you or something. Like, Yeah. You know, kind oh, of they're like, all going to laugh at you. <laughs> they're all going to laugh like, at yeah, you yeah, type yeah. of thing, where it's like, it's like, the only thing you can do to get through the world <laughs> is to dress nice and be polite. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how I think, many hundreds of thousands of people... I mean, all oh, over yeah. the world are kind of like, that's my strategy. It, I think it might be actually, it might work in a I way. Think because work. I think people do, people, I used to think that it was like, oh, fuck it. You can do whatever you want. And like, it's like that, whatever you think that means, it still doesn't change the fact that people are still affected by certain things like politeness and how you look. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. open-minded as everyone claims to be, right. they are judging the fuck out of you. They can't help it. No, it's They're really... scanning you for danger. They, yeah, scan- exactly. Like, you know, in my little dabblings in trying to be an, like a, an enlightened person, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. just like an open person, I still catch myself uh, looking at people and, and going like, what, what is the balance between saying yes to what is and not resisting things, meaning not yeah. labeling things, and also preserving myself. I, I, I took an Uber here because my license expired, and I'm scared of all these ramifications. Of, a, of, the, of the Los Angeles police? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am afraid of the LAPD. I prefer not to engage them. It's just two years. You can get two years in prison. And my dad uh, had an expired license in Boston. They just handcuffed him on the hood. Jeez. Click, click. A sixty-five-year-old man who's so had like, his license for forty. Uh, it's been expired it's like, a long. Oh, no, no, no! Time. I'm saying he's just had it. Oh, for, I like, see. You could give a guy a little bit yeah, of a yeah. break. It's but like, they, I think it's an excuse. You're just giving people an excuse. Then I'm like, if I get in an accident, yeah. uh, any lawyer worth his salt will be like, this guy's driving with an expired license. Yeah, yeah. He's at fault, no matter what the fuck happens. And I'm like, it's not worth it. I'm taking an Uber. But then the guy is like, one of these, you know, there's three lanes, and he gets all the way to the right. Even though in front of them is all these parked cars so he can dart out in front of people. Mm-hmm. And he probably thinks he's like, I'm the best Uber driver. And I'm just like, please just calm the fuck down. Could you reduce your weird moves? <laughs> <laughs> just could you slow down on the weird moves? Sir, I, you're not impressing me. I, uh, Do you imagine- swallow? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should change the subject. <laughs> the question was, do I say yes to this? Which is a nice way of being sad yeah. about it. Or do I go like, sir, you need to slow down. You know, like, I mean, how many... How many Zen people have died in car accidents I'm in the sure. back of Ubers? Where I'm, like, I'm sure. Just let this go. Just let this go. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I mean, just don't take it personally. I know what you're saying. I, but I would, yeah, I don't know. But were you? I don't think you were being like any. You weren't like harshly judging the man. You were just no, being like, no, this, no, I no. feel unsafe. So that's I, more like. But you get this flare up of emotion of uh, of feelings, mm-hmm. right? And and then your brain is interpreting those feelings. Similarly, to bring it back to your point, you see a guy with a scraggly beard that has a like a crow's head in it. Mm-hmm. You go, this man might eat my wallet. <laughs> He might take my wallet and eat it. This is true, yeah. And and, and, and then he might be like the most gentle soul in the world. That's right. He might be the most amusing, intelligent, that's story-ridden right. guy in the world. And right. You just uh, just kind of gave away an opportunity to you know learn more about what a weird thing humanity is. That's right. <laughs> and you blew it. Yeah. That's why I, I like your approach of kind of being like whoever you're talking to is an opportunity to do yeah. something a little bit left of center instead of being like, hello, and again, <laughs> not being like, do you fucking slaw? But finding... <laughs> Somewhere. In the middle. In the middle. <laughs> I find, you know, the idea of these people that go to India that look for gurus, right? A lot of them have the same experience where they're just like, this is just some fucking kook. Yeah, yeah. Like he's an old guy sitting bare-assed on the floor and he's not talking. And <laughs> Like, their whole thing is, you know, you have to stop looking at, stop listening to your uh, brain, which is such a Eastern thing to mm-hmm. say. But, like, the idea that uh, 
it takes a pretty big person to not notice that you're wearing a nicely pressed white Oxford shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but you're playing the numbers. And then I would be all offended if, uh, what, you didn't notice my shirt? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, you were, yeah, I don't know. Up to I, your like, what are you, to what end do you arm yourself for people who are about to judge you? Is yeah. Is what I'm always asking myself. And when I was younger, you, I was like, well, fuck you, you know? Right. I'm just like, I don't care what you think about me. But and it's like, it's better to have somebody not think about you by not <laughs> i don't know that's there's, right there, I, there it's such a balance i think that it's so funny where you, you, of course you don't you i don't know how much you're supposed to stand out <laughs> yeah oh, what a funny and, and bald way of putting that that's yeah. how most of us feel it's yeah like, how much are we supposed to stand out yeah are you supposed to be frank zappa or are you supposed yeah. to be like you know I look like know. a Mormon missionary. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Uh, the idea of the mafia, I remember talking about this with my brother. We were watching The Sopranos and we were like, it's kind of smart. I'm not saying everybody in the mafia does this, but the guys on The Sopranos wear these like really nice suits because there is something like undeniable yeah. about a guy handing you 50 bucks and being like, you didn't see nothing. If he was wearing like sweatpants, he'd be like, no, I saw a crime. Yeah. <laughs> But a guy in a suit, you know, like, yeah, he's, yes, he's kind of like playing the game, and he's saying, exactly, you know, uh, fancy guys can do weird things. That's right. <laughs> it's like explaining it's like, it to oh, a child. You, you had a hundred and fifty bucks, yeah, to go buy a suit. Yeah, and yeah. Now I fucking trust you. Exactly. <laughs> How absurd is yeah. that? And you it, went I to the men's warehouse. The first time that happened with the humans, where like a guy just showed up with like. A weird jacket. Yeah. Everybody was just like, well, I will give him believe- all of my rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it was whatever. Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. That was the first, <laughs> the first absurd noted coat. absurd coat <laughs> that people were like, listen to that one. Hey. Look at the colors. I want that guy to take care of my kids. And, and you That's know, like, right. yeah, I want him to hold all my money. But isn't it weird <laughs> that you, you do try, like, you would make a snap judgment. Like, one of your kids runs off, and one of your kids is staying back, and then you look around, and you go, I trust that guy's haircut. Yeah, yeah. And then you run after your kid with a little more certainty, <laughs> knowing that the nice haircut guy is looking, it's fucking absurd. It is, should be, but and it's not, I guess it's... It's not absurd. <laughs> it's not absurd. <laughs> it should be absurd. It they, should be, like, I guess they do try to teach you, don't uh, judge a book by its cover, or, right. like, what are the other cliches right you know like uh <laughs> exactly uh but the idea that like that you, that goes usually it's, it's like don't judge a butch don't judge the homeless guy because he might be okay but right. mostly it's like oh i i judge this guy's okay and now he's the fucking corrupt one right exactly <laughs> well that's why we love those stories like american psycho and stuff the guy that has it all together that's going out and murdering people mm. and all that sort of stuff but uh, we can't get enough of those. I, I keep thinking about like Shallow Hal, where they're just like, just because she's a bigger lady doesn't mean she's not a beautiful person. Like, mm. like that they even had to teach that lesson. I of know. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah. We are. In, we all know that we're like stuck in these bodies, these yeah. material bodies, and we're like, oh, I want to be loved for me. And then we go around going yeah. like, Look at that rat. <laughs> I think that's like you know every oh movies for children is like I what you you're unique you know all these things we're taught I think are very I don't know what what they uh, solve <laughs> yeah what do you mean follow just, that that's interesting no, just well you know like uh, it's always like be yourself be I mean the box trolls was one where it's like all these kind of eccentric little box trolls that are all messed up and the kid kind of like uh, relates to them really well and they know oh you're special and you're unique and it's like but how unique do you, can you be and still maintain your societal connections? Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> it's, and, and it's like, do people really believe in the uh, be yourself uh, mantra as much as 
that it's being you know thrown out. Very there. interesting. I don't know because I mean, being your full self is you would is be like gross. We'd, we'd all be people. criminals, right? right. <laughs> ah. You'd be like, I'd be like, I want your shirt, and I'd, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You, I, yeah, you followed like, every impulse. Yeah, I was just saying on stage the other day that I was on a Southwest flight, and the guy next to me, his shirt—it wasn't even his elbow. His shirt was lightly grazing on my shirt. Oh, that's the worst thing. I mean, uh, the hair, just the hair. Yeah, and, they, and, and uh, oh. arm hairs and stuff, sure. <laughs> demons. And I, demons and shadows from hell. <sighs> and I wanted, I was fantasizing about, like, hurting this person. You know what I mean? Like, not for... I'll, but see, it, was, it was... Look at that pop-up. I'm like, no, no, everybody. Not for real. <laughs> like, I'm not dangerous. <laughs> and I'm not. But, but everyone knows that. Yeah. You were about you had you had the uh, it's boiled up it's boiled up that rage that violence well this is that where... you've been put putting down for so many years right and that we have to put down yeah well it's better too right I mean have you been in a fight never have you uh, I've been punched in the in the neck <laughs> in the face about <laughs> the, the about the face <laughs> about the face tell me that I mean it's just you know you get punched walking through this life sometimes I feel Did you? <laughs> I mean back in the day you say absurd things. Tell us, like a bro. Um, well, no, I, one time I was down in Venice and I was just being absurd with my friends, and some guy overheard something I said, and then I walked out of the bar when I was leaving. These three super bros came after me. They go, and I don't even remember what I said, or and my friends don't remember what I, we didn't. Do you know the category? We were just being like, hey, fuck it, a dumb bunch of motherfuckers. I was probably making fun of the bar, probably right, making right, fun right. of the people around us. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so these guys just come up to me and they're like, hey, motherfucker, we heard you talking in there. And then they punched me in the face and I had glasses on and I didn't really react. And I just stood there and I go, uh, all right, is that is that it? And uh, they were like, oh, shit, this is so weird. <laughs> that, and my friend behind me is like, oh, God, Mike, let's just get out of here. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And I just kind of didn't react as much as they wanted to, so they, st- they just walked back into the bar, and I walked away. <laughs> what a strange story. <laughs> I know. I think, I think you just have to be like, is that all, sir? <laughs> and then somebody be like, this isn't how it's supposed to go. He's either supposed to uh, yeah. react or... You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, to be honest, you did what like either a superhero or like a, like a super trained person, or like the dumbest guy in or the, the room. dumbest guy. <laughs> but it reminds me of the Steve Martin bit where he's like, "If you think you're getting mugged, throw up on your money." Yeah, <laughs> which, like, which isn't is that funny? Yeah. And they don't want it. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's kind of brilliant." Or you do? Yeah, you're just like, "Oh, I've been waiting for this for a long time." Yeah, and then you're like, uh, "I'm I, not so sure about this guy." I had a bit about that <laughs> oh, where right. if I ever thought I was being attacked, I'd go, "Wrong guy." I thought but that, that could really go funny. either way. <laughs> no, yeah, then they'd be like, I want to see where this goes, and they put up their fisticuffs. I don't know. <laughs> their fisticuffs. You, were you bleeding from the nose? And no, mouth? they broke my glasses. What assholes. And they, well, they hit a guy with glasses. That was, I mean, I think that's, that's breaking another cliche. Yeah, sure is, that I appreciate. <laughs> I know. Back nice. in the day, glasses were, like, really hard to get. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't just walk to a lens crafters. They'd be like, we finally finished them. It's like, and now you are, you cannot be punched. So. Yeah. yeah that's wish, one of the wish, benefits. I wish you well. And now more pun- people will want life. to punch you. Yeah. <laughs> and fewer like people can. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> if I were an optometrist, every time I gave someone glasses, I'd scream, nerd. Nerd. That would, you might, it's like the Ed DeBevix of, uh. Ah, <laughs> a sweet Ed DeBevix. Yeah, you're just, you just, uh, you just insult your customer. Yeah. So your parents saw you to be polite and a, and a fair dresser. And a oh, yeah. fine, I mean, fine dresser. What did they do? Um, me mom, she, uh, taught, she teaches, like, kids how to swim. Hmm. 
And, how uh, lovely. Yeah, it's very sweet. She taught all my friends how to swim. She taught me how to swim, and she's a very sweet lady. Can she swim? She cannot swim. <laughs> it is the irony of all irony. Who teaches the swim who, who, who swims the swimmer? <laughs> um, she is uh, adept at swimming. Yes, a good <laughs> swimmer. Yes. And uh, and then your dad? My father was a businessman. Is your dad dead? No, he's alive. He just retired. He's just like hanging out now. <laughs> Which just is a good. man. Yeah. He's just a human. <laughs> Which I, man. it's like I wish, I think is a, what we all wish to get to is not, not to be a, you know, a thing, a thing or a job. Right. <laughs> just be a For thing. For the last 10 years of your life, you're allowed to be a human. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have to say retired human. Then yeah. You go, oh, oh, he's just being. He's, he used to do stuff though, right? Yeah. Because you can't uh, get along without just not doing stuff, right? <laughs> That was another big myth that what or that you could technically just not do anything. <laughs> right, 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 right. But most people disagree with that. Some people can, kind of. Yeah, I don't even know. Jealous of the ambitionless. You could be a monk. You could. And who was your? Uh, who were you closer with? I know that's a strange question. Um, I have we have different relationships. You know, I think it's like my mom's so sweet, so it's like she thinks I'm. You know, you should probably get away with a lot more with my mom because yeah. she's like, oh, Mike. Because she's seen me be ridiculous the whole time. <laughs> and my dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> but it, they, both of those are very support, come from a very supportive place. Of course. So they're both like. But they're kind of essential. That yeah, comes up yeah. time and time again is you have the mom that's kind of like, oh, that's great. And then you have the dad that's kind of like. What? Like my dad would be like, Peter, what, 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 what is that? Yeah. You know, like it's, <laughs> I'm it's skeptical not... <laughs> of this. <laughs> I don't understand and I, I, I don't want to understand. <laughs> exactly. Which is uh, obviously fine. It made us who we are. I know. That's a nice thing. And do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older brother lives in New York. What is, he, what is he about? He uh, works for 48 hours and he uh, investigates murder. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So he uh yeah, he he loves it and he gets to go around the country and visit like, you know, really tragic situations and kind of talk to all the people and get to know the story. It's right. a very impressive gig. <laughs> so you're you're you uh obviously you've come to this strange place. You're an absurdist, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're a comedian musician. What happened? Like where where did you break away? People are telling you you're going to do this, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job, you're going to get married, you're going to, you know, the Fight Club thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have yeah, kids. yeah, yeah. Uh, where did you step out of that line? I think at college, uh, I think theater is so, you know, like when you're younger, you're, everyone's like, oh, it's good that you do plays. And then after a certain point, it's like, well, maybe being an actor is not necessarily what you want to do. That's or, right. Isn't that a big and, bait and switch? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's like, oh, oh the I'll, lead of the play. Yeah. Hooray! It is the greatest bait and switch in the history of, yeah. like, parental children relations yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but during college i kind of took some acid i took yeah no well <laughs> you know some acid and then also some <laughs> some classes <laughs> on acid and uh, but <laughs> the uh i just took some television production classes things like that i where, took those where you'd be like you know maybe if i'm interested in all this stuff i should learn like what that side of things is like and yeah it's like really difficult <laughs> and yeah. it's not as creative as you think, you know. It's, it, it's like cause, uh, television directing and all that stuff. And it's like, um, I also went to school at a time when everything was changing and there were no, you know, like there was no digital. Like, I, everything was like we were learning on like the moon landing 
equipment. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. And it was like, uh, it just felt, it didn't feel right and it didn't feel like a kind of a world that I would dwell well in, you know? I yeah. think I enjoyed the world of the artist a little more than... But did they have, like, were there opportunities? Because when I took a TV production class, they would be like, all right, somebody has to sit in and be the news anchor or whatever it was. I did do that often, but then even that, I was like, because then I would meet the people who wanted to be news anchors for real, and they were always like, hello, how are you doing? You know, they yeah, were like, yeah, already yeah. They putting, were they were putting the voice on. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm not that person. This just in, my yeah. dreams are coming true. Yeah. <laughs> More when I'm 40. <laughs> so it's like, some people... I felt directionless when I saw people like that a little bit because I was like, I love making people laugh. I love right. music. I just don't know what. And then you always question the practicality of that thought. I mean, you sure you make your friends laugh, but it's like, you know, are you going to make everyone laugh? <laughs> and it's kind of it's a bold statement. Yeah, uh, well, to think that to you're be like, I shall be a comedian. Yeah, I know exactly. I, I shall sleep in. I will garner all of the laughter. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like what is that saying about you? Is that you think you're funnier than George Carlin or something? Yeah, or is that, that like, or are you just? I think it for me it was more like I actually enjoy bringing people that release, you know. So I yeah. want to, even, and I want to do it maybe in a different way and from my own perspective, you know. So. Yeah. Stand-up, again, what I said earlier, is just, like, stand-up was the form where it was, like, nobody's going to tell you you can't do it. Right. <laughs> no, there's not a teacher who's going to be, like, you can't you can't do that Brando bit or something or right. whatever. Right, right, right. You know, you just can, it's a free-for-all. Right. And I, that's also cocky, too, because you're, like, oh, I know how to climb this ladder that I'm building as I'm... <laughs> Climbing it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which you don't know, but you learn so much. I get back life. to confidence in yeah, a certain way. Yeah, exactly. And I, have you had a lapse of confidence in your stand-up, like, for many, you know, at, a, at any point? Me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a fair and fine question. I wouldn't, at the beginning, for sure, I mean, the first five doubt. years, you were there, doubt. Was, there was a yes. lot of doubt. It never, I, you know, I'm, I'm careful to not uh, add too much of a narrative to my own origin story, but... I always was in, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't mean to put down people that are like, I don't know if, I, if this is for me, but like that never really crossed yeah. our minds. Yeah, I was not, I had no other option. I think once you make that choice, I remember crying on the phone to my brother or somebody being like, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. And it was you like, were crying when I, you told him. I think right? it was because it was like, I, and everybody's like, that's hard. I was like, yeah, but it's like, I don't know. It's just some dramatic thing. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. It is kind of. Why is everybody telling me not to do this? Yeah, oh, not, not that they aren't telling you not to do it; they're just telling you well, this is you're... a this is a this is a heavy burden to carry. And you're like, how the fuck do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, because uh, Fatty Arbuckle died unhappy, or I, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, what is the what is the uh, well? You're hearing who is that story that everyone heard. You're that... hearing them articulate a hallucination, which like, is like a, fa- a fantasy. Where yeah, like, but wow. where is that coming from? That like. Every every comedian's all fucked. In the, the movie head. Lenny is it? Yeah, like where did you where did you learn that it's like, oh, but it's somehow okay to be like a classical pianist, right? right <laughs> but right, it's right. like not okay to be just like yourself. It's funny. To me. <laughs> so I was I thought I and I'm a pretty dramatic person, so I put a lot on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So what? Uh, what do you mean? What that was you crying when you told? Yeah, your brother? just being like, this is my decision, and it's right. like like you actually make a decision in your life. Like it was some bold thing and I I did it and then I just kept doing it yeah it's like actually the decision wasn't even the thing that 
mattered at all. It was just it the, was doing, the doing it, the doing of the thing. You didn't have to make a a, a Lutheran kind of declaration. <laughs> no, but like, sure, I shall be called a comedian. I, it sure felt like I was uh, Charlton Heston for a moment. But that's a good moment. I, yeah. I mean, like once you Seinfeld has this uh, interesting observation. He says the first time you do stand up, you're brought up as a comedian, which is so funny. Like there isn't like a trade school or a certificate, or it's like here's an amateur gentleman. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, they like, might say this is the first time. Yeah, but then the second time they're just going to say you're a comedian. Yeah. So you're kind of in this group. And you're absolutely right that it's just about doing it at that point. Mm-hmm. So then what, how old were you when you started doing it? I was 18. 18! Yeah. So you were in high school. Stu- no, 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 no. I was well, no, must have been 19, I guess. Yeah, freshman in college. Yeah. Or sophomore. Sophomore. Early yeah. sophomore. And was it in Chicago? It was in New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, which is a funny city. Comedy is like never... I, now there's like a big scene and stuff. Yeah. I, back then it was like... You know, 25. Where's your tuba? Yeah. (laughs) There is such a, I mean, different cities have such different entertainment uh, bases, you know, and that. Right. New Orleans is so music based that I think that there was not a lot of outlets for that type of thing. But which was even funnier because you were just, you were learning in just a weird vacuum. That was fun, you know. Everybody was lovely. And did you, you met other comedians and stuff? I met other comedians there, yeah. And uh, are they still doing it? Yeah. I mean, I met. Ken Jung there, who was like my uh, good friend, and yeah. uh, he was doing stand up. He was one of the first guys I met out there, and so we're still close friends and work together still. So that was like, and I still keep in touch with a bunch of people from back there. Yeah, now they have like a thriving comedy scene, and they have shows, and they're right. you know people actually just start from there as opposed to moving to another city. You know, right, it's right, like, right, right. It's really good to see. I think comedy itself, at a, just all comedy, it seems to be thriving. In the yeah, it world. does. Yeah. And, and originality and authenticity and transparency. Yeah, exactly. I was increasing. just, I wish it, that happened, you know. Earlier. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I don't care, actually. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's, it's it's funny to see the the, the sea change. There is a sea change. <laughs> there is. Well, it's going from uh, practical, I can kill, to I can kill in a way that's authentic to me. Yeah. Sort of thing. And you, certainly we had that all the, all the while, but now I feel like audiences are more savvy. Yeah, no, that's true. And they uh, they enjoy the energy and the passion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and your complete absurdity. That's all you I have. fucking swallow. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Not how are you. Not how about the weather. <laughs> Do you fucking swallow? Just me covering my face. Sexually boastful. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know you asked that at the last party? Did you, Do you remember? <laughs> You asked that in the last conversation. She's like, I know. I'm, I live on the edge. <laughs> I want to know if since you answered, if you started or stopped. <laughs> when you went to the bathroom, did you swallow? <laughs> That's all she got? Is that all she's got? <laughs> she's got to think of some other question. Oh, God. Really kills me in my mm. dick. So what happened with your true love? Oh, uh, we just parted ways. And um, Well, how do you meet this person? Through stand-up, and then... Is she a comedian person? She may be. She may be. <laughs> and then, uh... <laughs> but, I mean, we, we uh, parted ways many moons ago, and then um, I was also just kind of going through a difficult, uh, kind of a lost period, you know, a dark night of the soul. But it lasted will. for a while. It lasted what for a little bit. What triggered that? I'm um, I just, I think stand-up wasn't necessarily something I was thriving in, and, like, I think my career was affecting that. And I was like, well, what's the fucking point of all this? So right. I wrote this album of sad songs to kind of bring myself back to a place of uh, 
positivity. Yeah. So it was just it wasn't just about a It wasn't only break. about love, it's also about uh lying yourself into happiness. <laughs> lying your way to happiness, which mementoing yourself? We, well, no, yeah, where you're just saying, you know, where you're I think a positive attitude often is your your uh, saving grace from being really down. Right. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the hardest thing to do at that point. So Right. Just to be like, well, if it doesn't matter, at least you should have fun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of different thoughts that, that go into it, but right. uh, I think that that was just one way that I helped myself turn it around, as opposed to like maybe needing. Uh, I should like it was just a self, a wake up call for myself. Yeah, and you got out of it a little bit with healthy self delusion. Yeah, that's how I got into it with my delusion. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, delusion yeah. is the only tool you have it to get yourself rope. in and out. It of was trouble. the rope that let you down, yeah. and it was still there to pull you exactly. out. Exactly. I mean, you, if you can be delusional early on, you can start all over again anytime. Right. <laughs> and then maybe seeing it sounds to me like you saw the meaninglessness as depressing, and then also you can look at it as as freeing. Freeing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So that was a it was a funny time, and I actually kind of fondly. Uh, Look back. What right triggered now. it? Were you heckled by a? a I was like, it was a, there was a heckler. <laughs> if, it was, if it really went back to one heckler, I'd be I like, know. I must find this man <laughs> and, take and, and make a documentary about our relationship. <laughs> um, no, it was more about. Um, I think oh, I was writing screenplays, and you know, I'd gotten a lot of work and stuff, and then that all kind of went away, and I wasn't having ideas, and I wasn't. It was just kind of a thing where I was like, well, why the fuck am I writing? You know, like. I started doing stand-up, so I was like, well, now I'm writing this stuff that I don't really care about. And mm. I was, it was a, a moment of, like, do I want to be doing this new stuff that came basically from me doing all of the stand-up? You know what I mean? Like, you mean screenwriting and Screenwriting and acting. You just acting and stuff like that. Like, what, sh- what is it you want to do? Because I think a lot of times in this uh, business, it's like you end up being asked to do things you shouldn't be doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I think... Uh, you like to executive produce a reality show exact Flapjack? Because <laughs> I think you'd be just the guy. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, was that my... You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I have set aside, like, a life of normalcy to follow this thing, why would I follow it to this thing that makes right. kind of no sense to what your initial... Amb- or And what is, does it make you happy, you know? Right. And, like, stand-up get that rush of it makes me happy but like getting notes on a screenplay is not necessarily so, you know what i right, mean right i like understand some somebody maybe changing your vision or you know not that my vision is always right but like somebody uh, manipulating your vision is is a difficult thing and i think yeah. that that's also stubbornness of a comedian where you're like well i'm right because i know humor Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, well, once you get out of, has once you this get guy out of, ever done fifteen in South Bend? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so, uh, but generally, you do know humor more by by spending fifteen years of your life just concentrating on it. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas somebody who maybe I I don't know. Anyway, it was something where I really had to think. Over and I, I didn't have a choice because I wasn't getting work. So it was like, do you remember what the note? What the notes really were like? No, 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 it wasn't note. It was just like the process of the whole thing was just a thing where I was like, "Ah, you know, I kind of miss being in control of my creative uh, uh, projects. Right? You know, it was like, sure, you get a little, you get paid and stuff, but uh, and that was nice. And I was like, well, I'm a big boy. And then it was kind of, you know, other, you know, 
friends and family are like, well, Mike's got a job. And yeah. That's supposed to be the ideal, you know? Right. And then I, oh, it's not the ideal for me, you know, unless I'm really into it. Unfortunately, I have to be really into stuff to do it. <laughs> what does that mean? Your passion. I, I have trouble. Uh, cock blocks you. I have passion. I have trouble, like, uh, Pointing my passion at something that I'm not already into. Do you so know what I mean? It sounds to me, uh, you know, this might not be 100% true, but you have an idea, then the idea, the process of the idea starts manipulating it, and then you're like, well, I'm not completely into this whole game of production. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, my heart isn't it. Yeah. I didn't judge how much do I want to be making, like, uh, you know, movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I love movies, and I think they're the best thing ever, but how much do I want to be. Like, you want to be in that. I want to be like. I want to wake up tomorrow and like say I'm writing poems, and I want to write. Wake up the next day and be like I'm writing a smooth jazz opera, <laughs> and I want. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just want to just be able to do stuff like that. That's beautiful. And I don't know. It's like, it sure is nice to have a job, but it's like at what cost? Sometimes. Very good. <laughs> and also when I was For what going that's to, worth I'm when I was like going down my you. when I was going down my uh, my shadow path shadow <laughs> I was uh, bar backing at a bar and so I was really like just being like what does the world mean you know yeah, like this yeah. is very it was very exciting in a way <laughs> yeah <laughs> made me well laugh. you look back on it romantically. Uh, I look back on it in a way where it was like this had to happen for me to get to the next version of myself. There you go. You great know? pain or great love. Is the yeah, only way and I, th- I think it's like without that, I definitely would have been just kind of walking down a path where I was like maybe more respected than That's happy. You know? I referenced American Psycho earlier. Brett Easton Ellis said he wrote that novel because he saw what he might become. Because oh, he was, was he being, working in the, was he working in that? No, oh, no he had he, already written uh, just socially. He was like books, that type of guy, <laughs> and he was going to these parties and you know the gifting suites and the parties and the cocaine and the suits and the alcohol and stuff. And he was like, "Oh, I'm going to become. I could become one of these things that I was kind of not mocking, but not wanting to be." Yeah. And then he was like, and then he wrote like this really mm-hmm. big parody of that. Yeah. But you, I love that. Did you understand it at the time? It sounds like you kind of understood at the time. You're barbacking, and you're kind of like, this is gorgeously desperate. Um, it was just like, well, this is life, as opposed to your fantasy. You know, whereas, like, kind of sometimes, if things are going well in stand-up, or you're, like, going to Montreal, you're doing all these great yeah, shows, yeah. it's like, it is like a fantasy, because you're like, this is exciting. And it's not like it's not, it's not uh, earned or anything. Yes. It's just like the best version of what you thought could happen. Yeah. And then there I was doing something that I was like, obviously never thought I'd do. And I was kind of like, uh, just put a lot of things in perspective and got yelled at by a lot of Mexican dudes. It was pretty hysterical. (laughs) That you worked for? (laughs) Or no, no, no. Just like guys who were getting drunk. Oh. (laughs) It's like, hey, I say you own this place. And I'm like picking up all their glasses. They're like, yeah, I own this place. Sure. (laughs) It was a great. What bar was it? Monty downtown. Monty. A lovely place. Monty is a great bar. You should go there. (laughs) And they actually is very supportive of, of, you know, like he. All the people there helped me through that time, which was and which was like not, it was really helpful. The shadows and the demons. Yeah, I mean, like they knew your deal. Well, they, I mean, nobody knew my deal. It's just like they were just kind to you as a human. Yeah, and you're just friends with these, you know, you're and the manager Corey is just so sweet and like it was just a great 
thing. And then I started doing a Drunken Tales of Glory and Shame show, which was just like people telling their drunk stories, and I would bartend. And it was just fun, you know? It was really? Just like, so that was like, uh, it was a good time. And then now I'm like kind of back and doing things. What, and, what got you out of that? That's what. Or people... just being creative again, being like creative on my own terms and just writing whatever I wanted. Because and, that's where the juice is for you. Is yeah, going, like, I, I, and I think that could was, have done anything, and I did this. Yeah, and everybody who does comedy, I think that's like your creativity comes from a certain thing, and so if that is not in a good place, you're not coming up with things, and then you you feel like you're. You know, like, oh, my one skill is is gone or something. Yeah. So you can... I've had times in my life where I thought it was gone. Yeah, where you just, like, think that that's it. But it's it's not because you can always gain a new perspective on something and then just kind of, like, re find what's funny. Right. (laughs) Or or what's what makes you laugh, because that's really what it comes from. Right. Finding the will, though. I'm yeah. all about where do you get the will to to create and to look and to pay attention. Yeah, I don't know. But I, you found it again. Yeah, I found it again just by being just by just writing, you know, I guess. Is that what you was there some discipline to it where you were like, I'm gonna write every day? Or no, was it-, it was just more like I think it was like give up and then you start again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever. That sounds a little like uh, no. you know, Star Warsy or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's that type of thing where you just say, look, you're I'm not doing this to to make like 100 grand, you know, like I'm doing this cuz I want to I just I'm doing it for me, you know. And it's, it's like as opposed to like trying to impress somebody else. I was writing a script with my writing partner Peter and we were it was about something we didn't like. And it was, you know, it was a job, and it was that that kind of like, what do you want to do with your fucking life? Because a lot of times in stand up, it's just shit. As I said, it's just kind of like you walk, you walk. People kind of throw shit at you. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. But uh, you rarely think about turning down stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, that's considered dumb, right? By most people, if you turn down anything, but it's like, well, what do you want to do? It's that's that's what just that's a decision you make. That first decision you make is, like, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> right, right. Maintaining that purity of that of you at 19 saying, like, I'm doing. Yeah, and I don't know if it's purity. It's, like, more that you're naive innocence, but it still does make you – it still delivers the happiness that you're right. capable of. You right, know? yeah. But you're, you're really asking yourself, what is the point of this? And is the point having, like, a BMW? And if it is – for you, then that's fine too. But it's like, well, that's that would make me that wouldn't make me feel very good, right? Mm. And I don't want to uh, throw a cliche at you, but I'm going to. It's kind of like a, like sleeping at night. It's kind of like yeah, you want to yeah. be able to look yourself in the eye. You want to look yourself in the eye, and you want to have fun. I mean, meanwhile, I'm about. To, it's like hopefully I I'm where I worked on a pilot, and I hope it goes, and I hope yeah. I get this fucking job. But oh, you got to act, like, on, yeah. act on a pilot? No, I'm writing. I uh, like uh, demons from hell on ABC. Yeah, demons from hell on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the so I, it's like you know. It's, so you wrote and sold a pilot. Uh, I worked on a pilot with Ken, and so it's called Doctor Ken on ABC, and hey, it's something. It I is never, on ABC. Well, it's not. It's, we, oh. We're, we'll oh. find out next week. Yeah, I see. <laughs> But it, you, it was developed by ABC. Yeah. It's kind of weird that I picked ABC. I know, you did. <laughs> Demons or I, Hell. Well, that was the initial title, but I think <laughs> they were like, it's not as family-friendly as we <laughs> So uh, you went into this place where you were saying no to things, which mm-hmm. you're right. 
I hate saying in this town, but in this town and in this business, which is the same thing, uh, you know, you don't see a lot of people saying yeah. no to things. Yeah. You hear Zach Galifianakis telling a story he was offered $500,000 to be the face of Time Warner Cable. I don't know if you ever heard no, that story. No, I didn't hear that. And, he, you know, he was doing fine, so it's not as great of a story. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That, but it's still pretty good. Everybody wants $500,000. Donald yeah. Trump would like $500,000. Oh, he would do crazy yeah. things for it. I'll blow you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he jumps right to blow you. I'm not above it. <laughs> How do you think I got here? Yeah. I'll blow you. But I didn't even tell you how much it's for. He's already, he's already blowing you. <laughs> I didn't even want this. Uh, so you don't say no to a lot of things. You started saying no to a lot of things. Your creativity returns. It's a good story. Your creativity Oh, I didn't returns. start saying no. I mean, things weren't coming to me to say no to. But so that helped. Didn't, it, didn't <laughs> it start, didn't the Dark Knight start because you were like, fuck this? I yeah, don't, I, don't well, I, I just did. Uh, there was something that felt off and I wasn't, I wasn't breathing easy. Did that, le- did you have to quit something? Um, my writing partner and I kind of took a break for a while and like that was sad because we were both. Peter. Yeah, Peter. And so we were both, like I love him. He's my childhood friend and it was like, you know, like, let's just take a break. And we, you know, we had a movie that was about to go and all this shit and just promises, promises. And that was like, it just felt like I'd been put through the ringer. And it's like, when you've been put through the ringer, you just take a knee for a second and like <laughs> re- yeah. regroup. And yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. You know, as opposed to being like, I'm going back and I'm going to be even more crazy this time. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, think about Think about it for a second. And give it, you know what, if it takes a year, if it takes two years, it just really does not matter. You right. know, like it really is a a part of your life that you'll remember because it's like this was when you had to become not an adult, but like you had to start Maturity. thinking about what you want. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like getting things through serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> this is a stu- uh, this might be a stupid question. So feel free to skip it. Um, what is your if you were a corporation, which is gross? Mm-hmm. What is your personal mission statement? Like, what you, you say you like? Well, I do out. have a corporation. It's Wabacor. <laughs> Wabacor, mm-hmm. and it's our slogan is "Bringing Tomorrow to Yesterday Today." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that that uh, <laughs> that is a, that makes perfectly no sense. Yeah, <laughs> so much so that it makes sense. So, oh, but I've oh, sorry, I Mike O'Connell, yeah. absurd. You're about absurdity. You're about bending things, uh, bending things, and just I think, uh, just I I don't know. It sounds except me- it's like uh, processing new things. That's what I'm about. It's like novelty, or just like being taking in what I experience and trying to put it out in a way that somebody can kind of understand or relate to. And I think for a lot of us, we like being seen, like using an audience as a, as a mirror for yourself and then using you as a mirror, mm-hmm. kind of mutually beneficial. But like, you like that feeling of being seen and understood, I have to think. Yeah, I think so. I think that was a lot of the sad songs I've started doing that and performing those. And like, that was actually, you know comedy people come up to you afterwards and they're like oh that was so funny thank you for for like making me forget and then it's like with a sad song a lot of times it's more like thank you for making me remember something or making me uh look a different way at at something that was actually quite tragic or if somebody else had been through a time of a couple years where they just felt lost or something like that but then you got solid then you're selling not selling but then you're offering solidarity yeah no i think and i think that that is something comedy doesn't necessarily do as much as music you know where it's like that solidarity of like we all are 
of, we all laugh, we all cry, but I don't know. There's something to the sad songs where people like latch onto it a little more emotion. Obviously, right. more emotionally. Right. Then comedy is more visceral and kind of like energy based. And then podcasts kind kind of come in the middle and are like, we can be funny if we want, and then we can also just yeah, everybody knows. Which what is it. probably the best thing, best development in comedy since I've started. Yeah, is that. It doesn't have to be funny necessarily all the time, which I, I think even... is like that's why I think it's like almost like a dramatic art is you know like people that aren't just funny are so much more interesting right. than uh, somebody that is you know like we want the whole person like Henny Youngman you don't know what Henny Youngman was like he right. just seemed like a joke right, <laughs> right, right. machine you know right, right, right so it's like now I feel like people are putting more of their emotional selves into it and it's know? a lot of it because it isn't that funny we do in other in other ways you're writing songs and then I, I talk about my divorce endlessly <laughs> <laughs> Actually, how is that? Is it, I, are I, you I, over yet? I, 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 if I get, if I ever get over it, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the cast will <laughs> no longer pod. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be terrible for my career if I ever got over it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I feel like I've been over it for quite not a while. even not even the Ram Dass DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rami. Uh, nice try. <laughs> what? So you 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 maybe you maybe you don't want to talk about this, but was it a mutual breakup? This this thing. Um, or was it kind of like a? It was. I mean, I swiped. I didn't want it. No, I mean, it was more of. I was. Uh, we were just. We broke up. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> not even say it. <laughs> it was just. It was just tough, and it kind of made me uh, reflect a lot on what I wanted in that realm as well. Which yeah. is funny because you always. Sometimes that's like getting to know yourself thing after a breakup is kind of interesting because you're like, this is uh, who you are and you've got to, you know, I don't know if somebody doesn't, somebody doesn't appreciate you or as much as you require or the situation is so difficult that, and not like we were having some dramatic thing, but it was just more like, well, this isn't working. And it was yeah. more sad because it wasn't as definitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of vague. So. Isn't that weird, though, with breakups? Like, in the movies, I feel like movies and TV teach us that, like, someone hates someone. A plate gets thrown. Yeah. A vase gets broken. A moment occurs head. where, like, there's, fuck you or something. I mean, there's and it's so like, many shows. Yeah, that's, that, is, that makes it easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I got it, when my wife cheated on me, and that actually did make it easier. It caught, oh, it's it cauterizes like, it's like, Yeah, absolutely. And I you're like, think, oh, great. The worst breakups are the ones where you're like, I love you. And yeah. it's like, I love you. Well, what's the fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, even that isn't the answer. <laughs> right. But then the idea that I can't state enough on this podcast is you don't have to hate somebody to break up with them. In fact, no, no, no. I don't, I think that that's, that's, there, definitely that idea is childish you know? it is childish <laughs> but I was 33 4 when I figured that out I, oh, I, I really oh, thought you I had to build a case it's to like break nobody ever song. teaches you how to do your taxes and nobody teaches you about that yeah there's <laughs> two fucking things they that's could be right like, and then also you don't know that when, when you're dating when you're older that somebody might be still be a teenager though <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what wait, I mean? Wait, like an emotional... So, yeah, somebody yeah. still might be like... A, and myself You don't know who you're dealing with. Because I've been told that many times. That you're, you're an emotional teenager? Well, you're just like, you don't... You know, you they're, they're the classics. You don't listen. You don't... Uh, you're let, selfish or You don't somewhat. let me in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I let you in. If I let you in, would you ever come out is the question. 
They don't know. <laughs> Nobody likes hearing that. How are you not the voice of the haunted mansion? Yeah, <laughs> I'm knocking off your Batman voice. Which is, I love <laughs> no, your Batman that's voice. no, no. My, so you're, funny. Your, you're like what I'm doing an impression. Of. <laughs> you're like the authentic thing. I appreciate that though. Here's a great documentary idea. We break into the Magic Kingdom. Okay, it's already ruined because I'm saying it on the podcast. <laughs> we film you. The plot is to break into the uh, haunted mansion and replace the track yeah. <laughs> with your voice. I think that's pretty funny. I'll get an old-time microphone and, <laughs> and a PA system. <laughs> I agree. I will do it. It's not that great of a reveal at the end that it sounds exactly the same, but we're just like, it, but we know it's him. <laughs> that's like the, the writing at the end. It's like, <laughs> nobody ever noticed. <laughs> And that makes this mentry pointless. <laughs> <laughs> you just wasted two hours on Netflix. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, as an absurd uh, man, I think about this all the time, marriage and that sort of thing, is that outside of it or are you kind of like, no, maybe I, mean, I, I, I think uh, there's a um, room. Yeah. I mean, it's like really just about meeting somebody that I, uh, I can laugh with and, right. And, uh, who enjoys me as much as I enjoy them. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that that's like, I have no hard and fast rule about any of that. So I love babies. Like my brother just had a child. So I'm a, uh, I would love to have a child someday, you know, I yeah. think it would be such, it obviously is the, I'm in a situation right now where I'm working in and uh, everyone has kids. So it's like, I would just want to have them to have something to talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Or, no, but, I know uh, you're kidding. But and I, I am kidding, but it is funny because it is Does true as well. Ken have children? He does have two. He has twins, uh, twin girls. That is adorable. That's, that's, I count that, that as is one. one. Yeah. That is one. <laughs> you're, you're a child. You're a purist. <laughs> but uh, no, it's always, it's a, uh, I love babies and I, they obviously bring people to a new level of like understanding of, yep. of humanity and like beauty and you know you hear it every all the, I was talking to Cash Levy who I actually want to do the podcast he has children and he was like you just don't understand it's it's like being in love times a million and yeah. it's like well you know it, it seems like I well would. I'm not very good at it when it's not times the million ah, <laughs> so maybe I your shouldn't. kids are gonna be like why don't you let me in I know, you don't I listen like, because you won't like no <laughs> are you in your head a lot I mean we all are but do you feel that of judging myself or no in a relationship is the reason why people people might accuse you of not listening Mm. which is something I've also gotten myself is because you're are you kind of like an always thinking person are you able to relax well I always I don't know I I always maybe it's very childish or something but it's like I always would the person I would want to be with it's like I just would prefer you know like it's the person you can be quiet with as well yeah (laughs) it's like i think that that's to me is such a valuable thing is like uh the frenetic day you go through of having you know like i don't know there's something about being at peace with somebody else's presence and like i really and it's not that i'm not listen i don't know there's just it's not that you're not listening it's just like i'm gonna take you out of it thank you i'm gonna put me into (laughs) it and say there's time when i'm like and uh, I don't – again, this is my pop-up. I don't have this problem with my girlfriend. But sometimes in the past I've been like, why are you asking me to listen right now? Isn't it enough to just be together? Mm-hmm. Like I, sometimes I, I have this problem that I look at things as too transactional. It's like why would I go to a party? People ask me how my day was and now I have to perform for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, you're asking me to recall, articulate, and keep <laughs> your attention. 
And then I'm going to ask you how your day was. And then I'm going to have to pay attention, ask follow-up questions, monitor my facial expressions. Yeah. Like, especially if it's something like, oh, my father just passed. And now I'm kind of like, okay, uh, don't overshoot it. We're not that close. Don't undershoot it. Maybe they're over it. Yeah. Some people get annoyed when you say sorry for, for your loss. Some people get annoyed when you don't say sorry for yeah, your loss. Yeah. And then you're just kind of like, sometimes there's a quality, and you'll see this sometimes more in platonic relationships, where people just, like, I, I would call it bro out. It has nothing to do with being a man or a woman. Yeah. But it's just like you're just kind of in the same space. Yeah, and you're like talking about the dumb Burger King sandwich that just came out and things like that. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. The person I love will love forever is just the person who we – it's like my emotional state is like not – I don't know. I, I don't want to even think about it. It's not like I'm such a dark person. It's like I really believe in being in the moment and being like, well, let's – if you're sad, let's make it better somehow. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't think that there is some, it's like, I guess I'm not a big talk about your feelings type of guy, maybe. Interesting. Would You'd be like, be- I'm upset because, or, you know, right. I'd just be like, look, your day-to-day life is difficult, and you're going to have these things that are just really hard, and... I don't. I almost don't want to burden somebody else with that shit. Where I'm like, oh, today I was petty about something, or you know, like I don't know. I, I have trouble. I have trouble admitting that. I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's like today I got really shallow and jealous of something. You know, right. like would is that make us closer? <laughs> Some would say yes. Some I would suppose. say I, I don't know. I yeah. No, I hear what you're saying though. I I, I don't think what you're saying is 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 uh, I guess silly. that's what the point is. You just are supposed to dump everything from your head onto the other person. As I get older, the more I realize I'm like I'll start to tell an anecdote. When I was young, I had to confess everything, and I really mean confess. It was always in a spirit of confession. Of like I, this is you don't know me until you know these fifty thousand things exactly. <laughs> and I always liken it when I was a kid. I called uh, my mom's one of my mom's good friends. She was kind of like an aunt to me. Her name was Mrs. Lucas. I called her Mrs. Mucus. She didn't hear me. I still had to apologize. And I, I really think that's printed on my DNA. When I was in high school, I bought a pipe, like a tobacco pipe, like an old man. <laughs> and I filled it with tobacco pipe. It's very hard to smoke a pipe. I've yeah. smoked a pipe since then. I didn't know what I was doing. So I'm smoking it. It's terrible. And then I had to tell my mom the next day. I was like seven. I was eight. I had to be 18. I bought a you pipe. You were raised perfectly. Uh, yes. No, I don't know. But I was like, that. that is who I am. And now as I get older, I started defining myself but with uh, the, my reflection in another person. Am I okay? Is it okay that I smoked a pipe? I called you Mrs. Mucus. Am I still worthy of love? And now I've relaxed a little bit. I don't need to tell my girlfriend what I dreamt about. I don't, I don't need to. Like you can. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice not to. Oh, yes. I agree. But is that, <laughs> that's another thing about it. Like, is that the – I don't know. So if, when you're not listening or if you're accused of that, is that supposed to mean, I don't know, maybe there's not a lot going on in my head. Is that also an option? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's also a valid option. Yeah. It's not like I just like because I'm, I'm – not withholding. I'm not withholding anything. I'm, I'm not, not holding about, anything. Yeah. I was like I'm empty of uh, things. Yeah. Your brain <laughs> is just going, BK Broiler. BK Broiler, what a dumb fucking idea. <laughs> Why can't I develop the novelty sandwiches? Like who's got that job? That's what I'm thinking about all day. Yeah. I could come up with a Western cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Rodeo Ranch. Ro- yeah, I put. <laughs> is that a real thing? I just made it up. See, see the, the, the Rodeo Ranch. That's burger. the job. <laughs> <laughs> you just stole the guy's job. 
It's got barbecue sauce and ranch. It's because <laughs> I, I actually think people have a secret unspoken desire to mix sauces that look gross when they're mixed. So we put ranch on the bottom, the burger, I... lettuce, barbecue on the top. I think that we should drive to the BK Corporate Park and get this. I think <laughs> to the desk, the front desk. It's funny. I picture all those. There's just like a scientist who's like. Oh, guy coming in all hot, thinking he's got a good ah! burger idea. <laughs> oh, we'll hear about that. Then I say Rodeo Ranch. Yeah, he's, rodeo, like, he's like, shit, that is fucking good. <laughs> so you like it? Yeah, people do love gross sauce combos. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's good. <laughs> I picture all those meetings just happening in a Burger King. Yeah, <laughs> there can't be. There can't be. There can't be a corporate office where you go to the like ninety third floor and the doors open and there's the huge no, I Burger think King could, logo. He, no, you go into the 93rd floor and there's an actual Burger King in that, on that 93rd floor. And it's like everyone's wearing tuxedos and it's like a uh, nice Burger that'd King. That would be great. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I don't eat meat now, but uh, I always was more of a Burger King man than a McDonald's man. Because I was kind of like, it came to me later. Ah, so my parents was always, would, there was a Burger King closer to my house. So that was like what we went to that's after your choice. sporting things. There's something that they add to the flavor Literally, I do mean that, that they're just adding <laughs> some sort of chemical to it that makes it taste fancier. There's something <laughs> fancy. I think it might just be the fake mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, no. I'd be like, fancy. Ooh, well, well. <laughs> and they're all terrible. <laughs> the joke's on you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's – how long have we been going? 120. Holy shit. Well, here's what I'd like to do. Let's talk about the meaning of life. Okay. Then we can play some songs. I'd love to hear some. Yeah, songs. I don't know if, if it's not. It uh, would be something a first. Do, what do we tell you? I'm you, man. Let's do a smooth jazz opera. <laughs> I'm not here to this podcast. In fact, I'm with you. I, I, I really resent the idea that a podcast should be a certain length, should be a certain amount of funny, should be a certain amount of poignant, should even should be a certain amount of me talking versus you talking. I'm just like everybody, fucking relax. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, let's just let it be what it is. You brought your guitar. Those aren't nicotine. These are just Starbucks peppermint mints. Would you like one? No, although mm. I appreciate the packaging. Yeah, they're very pretty. My wedding ring is still in an Altoids box. I don't from, know what to do with it. From the, oh, from the doors. This sneaks in every... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I've noticed your mints. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I see you t- behind your back. You're actually putting the wedding ring in an Altoids tin. <laughs> just to make it make sense. <laughs> I thought you were going to say putting it on like Frodo. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I ate a seed you. I saw the mints and I said, most people get their small tin boxes from mint companies. Mm. And then I, I just jumped to what I keep in my small tin box. Hey, I, hey. I, hope you find a, I hope you find the right place to put it. I don't know what to do. Are you yeah. supposed to heave it in the ocean? It seems silly. I think that you should have a party where you melt it down and, and, sh- and make shoot sure Shoot a it. werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You melt it down and, into a bullet. Yeah. And then... <laughs> You don't tell people that this guy in a werewolf costume is coming. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, this is so convenient that I got to kill this werewolf uh, with the uh, thing that used to represent my undying love. And now something's dying from it. Poetic. <laughs> Meaning of life. What's it all about? Um, well, the judgment thing earlier was like just trying to allow people to be themselves and being yourself while doing it. <laughs> Interesting. So being authentic to your calling? Would you use a term like a calling or your purpose? Um, your, yeah, I would say that I, I mean, 
But what is your purpose? Your purpose is be- you make up your own purpose. So obviously that's not uh, – it's not some sort of, – I don't think there's like a faded purpose. You know? But there, I, again, that doesn't have to be mystical. It can just be genetic. You happen to be able to carry a tune, for yeah, example. Yeah, exactly. And you happen to be able to dress well. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah, – hopefully I can use these these few things I have. So that's that, that's what I mean by your purpose. The gifts you've been yeah, given. Yeah, I, mean, I, I like to I like to hand them out. Sometimes they are not taken. But yeah. Either way. It's like part, I think that part of it is like you feel – you feel bad when you're not using them. Yeah. So it's anytime you're feeling bad about <laughs> not using some skill you have, that's for a reason, you know. Yeah. That means you should be doing it. And yeah. Or if you feel guilty about not painting or you're not drawing or whatever it is you do, then that's because that's what you should be doing. <laughs> and that's and that's as intense as it gets for the most part. Like that's yeah. sort of inkling that you should be crafting. Don't boats. think. Yeah, it's not like um, it's not going to show up like an, Morgan Freeman. Golden, isn't nobody's show up. like the golden child who walked right. out of the womb just with a microphone in her hand. Yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I tell just, you, that's a studio apartment, yeah. but it is humid. Mm-hmm. Humid. Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody who's it's like stand up is a great. Nobody wants. Everyone says it's an impossible form. To yeah. try, and is it? Right. <laughs> it was to me too when I would right. watch Richard Lewis back in the day on HBO, and I'd be like, "Well, obviously, I could never achieve anything like that because right. you're like, this is you're watching killing me. Fifteen years of practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think just following uh, following that strange urge, unless it is murder. Yeah, no, I know that. That's a caveat I I like to give too. Yeah, don't follow your dreams dreams. unless they're murderous. (laughs) And your brother's like, please do. He's like, Mike, please do them if they're murder. You know, if I covered my brother's (laughs) murder rampage, (laughs) we would get some tits ratings. Oh my god, that's true. (laughs) That would be like serial. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So there's there's a value in in following your purpose again, Mm -hmm. not not in a mystical way. Uh, Were you raised religious at all? I was uh, raised Catholic, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, I don't know. I uh, don't know where I stand on that. I have more problems with the church than a way of the, th- of the thinking, you know. Yeah. I what like... Uh, what did you like, yeah? I like being, pl- I mean, the golden rule is a pleasant rule. Yes. Being sweet to humans and being empathetic, uh, which is not a lot of times what that church actually is about, you know. Sure. It's about empathy, and I think that, that sh- there should be some new religion seriously built on empathy yeah. <laughs> where it's like uh where you you just you really take into uh, account how confusing and difficult life can be for yourself and then put that on somebody else and it might be fucking 20 times as worse so yeah. like don't yeah. don't forget that uh, you at your lowest is somebody else at their lowest and you at their your highest is you know i i think that there's just you you at your highest is george clooney's worst day <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and even that he's like it's not that. Bad. Yeah, he's yeah. like, eh, he's like, oh, I clue. was a little grumpy. <laughs> um, yeah, so just uh, just remembering that at your lowest, there's somebody else there as well, sure. and not forgetting it when you're happy. And then uh, it was some sort of divine force, energy, God, purpose. Creation, creator. Um, energy is definitely something. And I think stand-up and, you know, performance, it's like you meet people, you meet people with amazing energy. Yeah. <laughs> that I would have never, you know, I probably if I didn't perform or do anything, I wouldn't understand energy as well because you're like, this person has a just an energy that people listen to. Or, you know, it is, I know it's a lot of verbiage and everything like that, yeah. but it's also like people are drawn to somebody with, 
not always positive energy, but just like an intense energy or a sure. uh, a passion, you know. And right. so I believe that there's a passion inside of humans that is so beautiful and that you can really it's like lovely to see and if you have any of that inside of you which everybody fucking does obviously so it's like using that and showcasing that and fostering it yeah and there's not it's not just like like my mom makes babies learn how to swim and it's not performance it's not anything like that and it's just like there's a beauty to it though and there's like something there's a passion and a beauty to it where you actually are doing it doesn't have to be performance. Yeah. What about the energy of the universe, like where it all came from and stuff? Is there some sort of uh, purpose behind it? Is, is it just kind of a mistake? Is it um, meaningless emptiness? Is it profound meaning? There, uh, have you read the, the Plague by Camus? Have you read that? No. It's just about a plague in a small town. And so it's every idea of like what, you know, what well ever you know the guy who just goes and gets drunk because the plague's taking over the town. And then the guy who's like fighting... He knows everyone's going to, you know, half the people are going to die, but he still fights to save them and things like that. It's like, and I think that the point of the whole thing is that there is a lot of randomness to it, but uh, having that empathy towards, you know, there's random energy, randomness everywhere, but having empathy towards each other is probably the most important thing. So I think that there's a great spirit of human empathy. I don't know if it dwells in the sky or not. Right. But it's... uh, that reminds me of Emily Gordon's uh, answer that somebody gets hit by a car and they're dying and a bunch of humans gather around them. She, she feels there's something divine in that. That's mm-hmm. empathy. Yeah. That's going, that's me dying. That's me dying. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, it's like <laughs> – sometimes you can cry just at the, at the tragedy of death as well. But, you yeah, know, sure. like I, I definitely – your energy carries – I mean, in performance as well, you, you can possibly live a little longer by, by saying some – by communicating something maybe mildly profound or something. So I, You mean literally echoing through history? Or, I mean, yeah, just like – or just hitting these notes that are human and uh, kind of illuminating – I would say that you are <laughs> illuminating just humanness somehow Yeah, is what – you have to do now i'm confused about what i'm no saying. illuminating human this is a great quote uh, and is death over is is it over when we die i would have to uh i would like to not think so i think you're raised catholic and all that so you're just like there's a heaven and i still have like the childish heaven in my head where it's like everyone's <laughs> bouncing on clouds <laughs> and shit <laughs> yeah i love it i love the idea it was, you know but um i do think you just pass away so Right. That's why you have a limited amount of time to in, to help other people uh, reduce their grumpitude. Yeah, but not for some heavenly reward. Oh no, I don't think so, and I don't think that that like that is really postponing the reward. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> because you can you can get you can get that reward, but now. heaven heaven on earth, hell yeah. on earth, hell on earth. Yeah. You can make it. You can make it. It's of your design, generally. Yeah. Yeah. That does seem to be one of the rules of the universe. Yeah, like, you can really you can really dilute it up or down if you want. You yeah. can dilute your delusion is powerful. So maybe yeah. that's the main thing to take away. It's beware and embrace your delusion yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Well, again, I said mementoing earlier. I really think that's a powerful movie when he decides to give himself. He lies to himself to give himself purpose, and I don't think necessarily. Um, Spirituality is a lie. I actually don't think it's a lie. But no, I, with you, I've like people 
trying to find them. Yeah, it's just mystery. Joy, Can yeah. we just talk about mystery? There's this great quote I found that said, um, God, is, uh, God is the name of the blanket we put over mystery to give it shape. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting who said it. It was the road manager for ACDC who <laughs> became a big, really? yeah, big uh, Bible guy. But it, we all believe in mystery. So, mm-hmm. like, that's there. When atheists, like, don't believe in this God or this God or this God, I'm like, neither do I. And let's just talk about mystery. And that's nice. Um, and we're all just trying to figure it out. That's all. Yeah. I, I had something else, but it, it left. It doesn't oh, matter. I hope it's well wherever it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, tell me the hardest time you've ever laughed, and then we'll hear a song. Or two. Uh, the hardest time I've ever laughed... It was actually not appropriate, and I feel terrible about it. The hardest I, I was at a one uh, I was at a one act play festival. My friend was in the first play, but then I had to sit through the second play, <laughs> and it was just criminally ridiculous. The play was bad. Yeah, and and my friends and <laughs> criminally I <laughs> ridiculous. And my friends and I had had a couple beverages before we went to the play, and we like it was one of those situations where you really couldn't control yourself. Yeah, and it was like oh, I'm so embarrassed that I can't. That I've lost all control, and it wasn't because we were drunk. It was because we were just like, "What was happening? Nudity? No, no, no. Vulnerability? This guy, this guy, actually, uh, this woman, this guy comes home to find his wife cheating on him, or no? She's allowed a string quartet to move into the living room, (laughs) and she's like having an emotional affair with this string quartet, and the guy's like, "But what do you?" And it was just really dramatic. It wasn't, which I thought was a very funny conceit for a play. Right, right. And the other one, per, I mean, the other one act show was, like, very funny. It was yeah. Charles Ives or something. So it was, like, hysterical and yeah. fucking funny as hell. And then this one had a funny conceit, but it was super Dram- straight and dramatic. dramatic. And yeah. there's this string quartet of people, you know, playing instruments. So they also had a musical element. And we just could not stop laughing. So what did he say that you were like, that was a real line? What? Oh, what he... You said, like, he comes in and he's like, why can't you just stop? He's like, but why must they live in the, you know, like, why must they live in the living room? You know, type of thing going on. And we were just laughing so hard. And then at the end of the show... Church laugh. Yeah. It's always best when you can't laugh and you need to laugh. And at the end of the show, all these people, like, you know, they were all glaring at us from the stage. And at the end... The actors were? The actor. Oh, I was... I'm about to throw up thinking about it. But he, uh... (laughs) The lead actor walks to the front of the stage after they bowed. And he goes... assholes (laughs) assholes <laughs> he points to us and just screams assholes and we're oh like oh my we're the god word. and we were in theater school so we're all like you know we've just you knew well, it was like a comedian heckling a comedian it was just so fucking inappropriate i mean and it was so just, they heard you laugh. they heard us and then i was like oh my god i am going i think you just have to jump off a bridge now <laughs> you know like because it did feel like there's no I, coming people back have, and then maybe that's like the times I've gotten heckled. There was the karma of yeah. like laughing at this thing. But that was the hardest I've ever laughed. That is, I'm sorry for those people, but man, I know. And what it's, a it's good so one. far in the past that I hope I hope they f- can forgive me. I mean, church laughter, man. I remember on Palm Sunday they would come down the aisles waving palm branches, going Hosanna. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> and I just couldn't stop thinking about them beating someone. Like, randomly. Not violent. It wasn't a violent fantasy, but the idea of people beating, like, a person with a palm leaf while they're yelling Hosanna. (laughs) And just that silly thought, and then you're in church, you're not supposed to laugh. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that if there was a God at all, really wouldn't mind if you laughed. They would not. (laughs) They would never mind. I say that in college all the time because I was trying to do comedy while being a quote-unquote Christian. And I was like, I believe in a God that's big enough 
to laugh when I make fun of even them. Yeah, I would say that 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 would be like that would kind of be like the God would be like, yes, this is exactly this is this is exalting me as well. (laughs) Yeah, of course. If I understand that I'm kidding, how could the thing that created me not exactly? And you know what? I did. I did. uh, I am responsible for a lot of baby deaths. Yeah. So so his joke is valid. (laughs) He's the heavenly father. He's not my actual father. Who's like what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like how you. I'm representative. Uh, change it, change it, Peter. Uh, well, let's hear a tune. Okay, get, sure. Get to zipping. Thank you for the music. The first song is to this tune. So I can play two. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. They can hear you. I could play one or two songs, I don't know. Do too, man. It's a privilege. Who, who gets to hear live music in a tiny room? You can sit however you'd like. Please wear the sunglasses. <laughs> uh, that would be best. I can look up who said that quote. Let me see. Let me see. I think it's Barry something. Oh, Barry Taylor. That's who said the quote. Barry Taylor. Oh, really? God is the name of the blank. Well, I could play two, one, maybe one sad song about uh, love lost and lo- or love uh, unrequited, and then one about um, positivity. The, so they're both things I spoke of during this. Yeah, perfect. So this one is uh, about when you break up with a lass or a lad, <laughs> <laughs> and you are so blue because you thought that you were perfect for them and they were perfect for you. So you decide that perhaps on another world, you could actually be an item. On some other world, I'm the king and you're the queen. We let the people rule themselves and just write each other poetry. On some other world, they keep us at the zoo. Let the people watch and wonder how love grew so true. I wish I lived on any world other than this one. On this one, I don't have you. On some other world, there's a bed of silk and fleece. And it's our job to make love on it To provide that world with energy On some other world The only time we get upset Is when we think about some other world Where we never met I wish I lived on any world Other than this one On this one I can't have you On this world we both admit it's not to be 
But on some other world you sleep so soundly in my I feel like clapping stupid. I thought that was great. <laughs> it's very, uh, yes. It's very sweet. And then I'll play one more. And it's about, I didn't meet the animal that was in the room. It, who is the sweet <laughs> dog? Scout. Scout. Sweet Scout dog. the dog who loves music, apparently. Um, this is a song that I wrote uh, when I was very sad. And it's just one of those songs about being a little more positive. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, make yourself less sad. I love it. of the sun cannot be counted on the rainbow I'm mostly up to you so when you find yourself on a cloudy day and all the hope seems so far away just put a rainbow in your smile and just keep on making your own rainbow Cause it's never gonna rain quite when you want it to And the refraction of the sun cannot always be counted on The rainbows are always up to you The rainbows are always up to you <laughs> We clap for both <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Hey, thanks. Just I thought I'd bring it. No, it. it's great. I'm so glad you did. Is that something we can buy? Yeah. Oh, should I? Sorry. Rainbows. Um, Rainbows, demons. <laughs> demons from hell. Uh, it is on. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is called uh, Sad Songs to Get Sad To. And it's on iTunes. And it's on Spotify. And it's under my name, Mike O'Connell. That's great. 
So I'm very I'm not surprised. Surprise sounds condescending, like I didn't think you. <laughs> but you know, I know you as the silly song guy, and I love I love that you're waking up and finding that novel thing. Yes, thank you so much. And following your bliss. And thank beautiful. you so much for having me on Please. such a lovely conversation. I'm so glad you did it, man. I've been wanting to have you for a long time. Yes, I'm glad it I'm finally glad it worked, worked out. out for sure. Would you please say in your best haunted mansion voice, <laughs> "Keep it crispy." Keep it crispy. I don't know how to. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Keep it crispy. No, no, no. How do you say it? <laughs> do, it, do it in your normal uh, scary Michael O'Connell voice. Keep it crispy. Yeah. Keep now it I, crispy. I feel bad for calling it scary, but you know what I mean. Keep it crispy. That's scarier. <laughs> Keep it all kinds of crispy. <laughs> That's arousing. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 